Boys and girls, welcome to the Plants vs. Zombies podcast. Now, um, I gotta say, I think this episode is going to be really interesting um, for a lot of reasons, but before I really get into the, um, uh, into the episode, I wanted to talk about the two-minute segment that are approximately two minutes, I'm not sure how long it was probably like two or three about my Christianity and my relationship with God and um, how that's really changed my life and I got um, from at least one person some really positive feedback on that episode and I just wanted to address that I think that's super awesome in that um, I think God will eventually work his way into the podcast I'm not sure Um, I'm pretty positive he will and I, i I'm not sure how that will um, happen um, as the podcast uh, moves forward and continues, but um, I know it's in his hands, and um, I just wanted to address that uh, he will definitely find his way into this podcast in um, some form, and I just wanted to say that up front and be totally honest with you guys, and uh, just just so you know, that that's, um, that's going to be coming, and uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you guys, and um, yeah, so uh, positive feedback on that um, segment. I'm really, really happy that uh, that got some good feedback, because um, I, was, I was wondering what uh, the community was going to think, and um, I know at least one person, uh, uh, they, they thought it was really good. So um, th- uh, thank you for the support. Um, if you didn't like uh, that segment, then um, that's your opinion, your opinion, and uh, I'm not going to judge you or anything. I just wanted to say there, there uh, was positive feedback on that, and I was really happy to hear that. But um, I, I gotta say, guys, so this this month um, has been really interesting. Uh, I've definitely started using um, Game Pass as like you get your one dollar um, Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, for a month and I've definitely been using that and trying out new games and I think this month um I know I'd said this has got to be my favorite prize map and it is really cool prize map but I I don't think it's going to be like I'm going to be playing a ton of plants versus zombies this month because I found um uh, a lot of really awesome games that I've been enjoying and I'm going to be talking about a few in this episode and I'll make sure to um put some plants versus zombies in there as well but um yeah i just i gotta say that uh i found some really really cool games and uh i think at least this month um i'm gonna be doing more talking about other games that aren't plants versus zombies and then um in september i'm gonna be hopping back on the plants versus zombies train and then going over that and i'm not it's not like this is going to become a just a games podcast where i talk about all sorts of games no it's going to stay a plants vs zombies podcast but i feel like there are a lot of really cool games out there that i um that i just want to um give the spotlight to uh on the podcast i want them to be uh shown on here and uh yeah, so I this episode for sure, I'm not sure about um, following episodes, but uh, this episode for sure I'm going to be talking about um, multiple games that I've found that are just, uh, I've really enjoyed. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. There will be some plans for the zombies um, in this episode, but um, if you're um, maybe looking for a new game, uh, I'm going to be giving out a couple suggestions. So yeah, 
Uh, it's sorry for the <laughs> long intro, but just had some stuff to address, and uh, yeah, so the the podcast is probably going to be different. Um, I know technically I don't have a weekly um, uh, episode cadence. I kind of like do episodes just whenever, and but they I generally uh, do one at least once a week, and um, for uh, or until uh, the end of August. Um, I'm not, like, done playing Plants vs. Zombies, but I think I'm going to be uh, more focusing on other games that I've found and have been enjoying, and um, as opposed to just doing it plainly on Plants vs. Zombies. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, going to be this uh, intro, and let's, without further ado, let's get right into the episode. All right, ladies and gents, so to start off today's episode, the first segment we're going to be doing is going to be on Plants vs. Zombies. Now, um, what it's going to be about, well, um, so my brother recently had a birthday, and he asked for a few Plants vs. Zombies comic books as well, and he got a few, and um, they are uh, brand new ones that I've never read. And I'm really excited to go through and read all of them. I've read two of them so far. And today I'm going to be going over the entire Garden Warfare series. No, I'm not going to be reading them out loud or any of that. But I'm going to be going over um, just what I think about the series as a whole. And Because um, uh, with the comics, it goes like you have your regular adventures... And then they occasionally release this, like, own series, which is called Garden Warfare. It hasn't changed to Battle for Neighborville, um, like, the name of it. And um, you'll see why that's kind of interesting in um, the most recent one, uh, Garden Warfare Volume 3. But um, without further ado, let's get into it. And I'm going to start um, with the original one, the very first Garden Warfare novel. Now, this is just called Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, and um, the entire plot of this is Zomboss, uh, he creates these mechs in which the imps can be in, and um, they're really, really powerful, and um, the uh, and the future, uh, the future Nate and Patrice actually come to the present, and um, they basically, they tell... Um, the regular Nate and Patrice, hey, you need to stay stay safe, and then they both end up going after um, Zomboss uh, in trying, the future Nate and Patrice have to go after Zomboss and try and destroy him from, because throughout the comic, he's trying to reach into the future and grab, like, future technology, and they're trying to stop him, and it's, like, a really interesting past uh, in future, like, novel and it's a really really fascinating one um as you get to see uh future nate and patrice in action and i it's definitely one of my favorite novels uh you meet uh super brains and uh you so you meet the imps you the mechs you meet super brains you meet rose and you meet citron and you see colonel corn you don't actually meet him in this one but um it uh what i think is really cool is they um they really show, like, because in Garden Warfare, um, in all of the Garden Warfares, they, uh, the characters are, that you play, at least the pea shooters and the sunflowers, they, they, they look a little bit different than they do in uh, just the normal mo- mobile uh, tower defense game. 
And um, I think what's really awesome in these comics is they get to show that kind of artwork um, that generally um, is only shown in the Garden Warfares and in the Battle for Neighborville. So I think that's really cool. And this uh, first Garden Warfare issue is a really awesome one. It's probably got the most plot of any of the... Um, any of the uh comics and i i think it's a really good one so moving on oh and oh i forgot about this so uh jacob how did you say that name um give me a second oh wait i can't see the so i think jacob yes jacob chabot is i'm not sure if that's how you say his name but he does the he did the first and the third, and I think he does occasional, um, uh, like regular issues of the Garden Warfare series. And I gotta say, I think, I think he has the best artwork because it's like, it's pretty realistic, but it's also like has that cartoonish feel. And I think his artwork is probably my favorite out of all of the, like even out of the original. I think um, his trumps the original just because of. It has a cool sense of realism, but then also has a really awesome, like, cartoon feel to it. So I gotta say, Jacob Chabot, I'm go I probably butchered that last name, but I think his artwork is probably my favorite out of all of the Plants vs. Zombies artwork. Now, moving on to the second volume, um, we actually get a new author who uh, did Battle Extravaganzo, a game. Battle Extravaganzo, I think that's the name, and um, it's Tim Laddie. Now, Tim Laddie, um, the artwork is, it's, it's not, the, I, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. it it's, it's cool artwork, and um, he does a really great job. But um, I think just, I think it was cool that they had a new author do it. I remember not being too excited, but I think it's cool that they kind of switched it up. But I think just um compared to josh or uh jacob chabot um tim laddie's artwork kind of it it's it's it, it's original and i think that's what's cool but it's definitely not not as cool as uh, uh jacob chabot's artwork in the garden warfare novels and uh, i think it was a good idea to switch it up i i don't think uh tim laddie did a bad job i think it was a really fantastic job but uh, I feel like uh, Jacob Chabot still kind of uh, reign uh, is probably my favorite um, out of the the two who did the Garden Warfare's. But in this plot, or not in this plot, in this book, the plot is uh, Zombos basically used um, he created robots who uh, knew uh, like all sorts of things that. Nate and Patrice had said over the years, uh, or I'm not really sure how time works in this because I feel like Nate and Patrice never age, but, um, basically he creates robots to, or wait, no, that's not this one. Wait, hold up. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not this one. In this one, um... So, uh, Zomboss realizes that one of his, um, parts of the, uh, the, the imp mechs, uh, had, like, still was working and then started, uh, and then t started to take over, um, uh, Neighborville. And what happens is, 
uh, now like the Nate and Patrice and the plants are kind of in uh, like exile almost where they can't really be out in the open uh, because unless they have like an army because the zombies are everywhere so they set up like a telephone system and um, uh, they like uh, to all of the different like uh, stores and houses so if anybody's in trouble they're they go over there but they can't really roam free anymore and uh, Zomboss He's going through, and he's uh, taking out his plot, dominating uh, Neighborville, and he's like, wait, but I haven't had any brains yet. So what he does is he covers every single solar panel with um, this, like, uh, what seems like permanent paint, and um, then uh, all of the Neighborville, uh, the people are forced out of their homes because they have no electricity, because apparently all of Neighborville is solar-powered. So, um like uh so then what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out how they can get this paint off and it turns out they have to, uh, it's made with uh super brains dandruff and um <laughs> they have to they have to like clean his hair and then zombos can't make any more and then they um they i forget what happens at the end well actually i'm not going to spoil it in case you guys are reading through these but Basically, they have to um, get rid of the paint, and that, then they figured out it was Super Brain's Dandrift that was making the paint, and then Crazy Dave creates a concoction, and then I'm pretty sure they beat Zomboss and eventually get it all off. But I think um, this one, this one's a cool one. It has a really cool character named Scooter, um, uh, who's a pea shooter that rides a scooter, and is a, a really, really cool character. Um, probably, probably third out of the three um not not my not my favorite but it was a really really good um garden warfare uh novel and uh tim laddie did a really awesome job on uh doing the artwork and um as as hard as it is to compete with uh jacob chabot i think that uh tim laddie did a really really good job uh with the garden warfare 2 or garden warfare volume 2 and yeah just did did a really a really good job so i'd say that this one probably is third out of the three uh garden warfare novels now on to the third and final novel we have garden warfare volume three and we're back to jacob chabot's artwork and i gotta say this is single-handedly my favorite garden warfare novel not oh, wait no favorite plants versus zombies novel and you're like holy cow wait did you did, did you just say that wait what and um I, before i even get into the book jacob chabot is my favorite author who does um I, I do like the original artwork but i think jacob chabot um is uh like the original has like a i forget who does the uh uh, yeah, I forget who does the original stuff, but, um, Jacob Chabot is my favorite artist just for, like, how the art looks, and I feel like this is probably my favorite plot out of any of them. Um, what happens is, in this plot, all of the plants get captured, and, um, what happens is, uh, 
Crazy Dave, Nate, and Patrice, they have to go looking for new plants. So they find Snapdragon, Oak, uh, Acorn, and Nightcap. And uh, what they um, end up uh, doing is like, they wrap up some storylines from the second Garden Warfare. There was like a thumb war battle with Nate. And I just think the artwork, how Jacob Chabot just executed it, like throughout the entire book, there is a red sky. And it is one of the coolest things ever, just having that red sky, um, uh, just like background. And it is such, such a great, um, like, I, I really, really enjoy the red sky. And um, then they add the new plants. And then something I think that was probably one of the coolest things besides the artwork. The artwork takes number one in the cool things in this book. But they talk, they tease, like they're following this pizza map. And, um, they tease these new, um, what's, uh, they're called invasive plants. And, um, what, what's really interesting and actually kind of upsetting towards the end is they're like, oh, we don't have enough time to go look after these invasive plants. And they never, they never show what they look like or yeah, just like anything about them. They just, they like have a picture of uh, crazy Dave, Nate and Patrice staring at shining pictures. And you're like, whoa, what, what are these? And I was like, throughout the whole book, I was like super excited because I knew Oak, Acorn, and Snapdragon. Oak and Acorn, Snapdragon, Nightcap were all going to be in the book. But the invasive plants just kind of blew my mind. And um, they, 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 do show, um, they do show something at the end where it's all of the new plant. A bunch of zombies are hiding behind a tree. They're running away. And then a huge, um, like the root from a tree um comes and like taps a soldier on the soldier uh, on the shoulder and they all turn around and start screaming and um it teases uh that probably one of these invasive plants is um is a tree i mean if it's going to be a root or something like that but um i think the idea of these invasive plants that they're out there and they exist in that since this technically was like battle for neighborville because they showed all the new battle for neighborville characters in here even though it's under the title of garden warfare i feel like it shows that possibly these could be popping up in the game these new invasive plants and um i i think uh i think yeah i think it's just super duper cool that they tease these and even though we didn't even get to see them that um these are going to be coming up because they even say like oh we'll we'll get to we'll go after them someday and if they do and go through and have a garden warfare volume four we may actually get to see these new ones and i feel like the garden warfare novels generally drop with a game like garden what the second volume which was technically um uh like it was um garden warfare 2 it was the volume for that and the garden warfare 2 there was a pretty it was it was out for a longer period of time so they kind of had uh some room to work with that but uh the like garden warfare volume 1 and 2 kind of go hand in hand um except volume 1 is kind of like uh zamas hasn't captured neighborville but volume 2 is like he has and uh you have to I don't know, defeat him, uh, from like taking, eating all of the brains. And then volume three, I feel like, uh, definitely, uh, kind of was like really battle for neighborville. I mean, you're running around battle for neighborville, with these new plants. And, 
I, I thought, yeah, I feel like this was this is probably the, the best series they've done, um, where they had a side series, a side series dedicated to the console games that uh, kind of went a little bit more in depth depth on like the story and the lore of all of these characters you were playing as and uh, what's like going on um, that uh, sometimes isn't explained. And in this one, so um, I know I kind of went off on a tangent, but in this one, Zombots captures all of the plants by creating robots who for years um, since, you know, Nate and Patrice like never seemed to age, um, they have been uh, like, he's been recording them. And then he shows some funny uh, pictures of where like they had been defeated and then Zomboss, uh had like recording devices in his zombies and then um he, he captures them all with um like putting them in a cage in the middle of uh in the middle of a football field i think yeah it's i think it's a football field it's yeah it's a football field and um then what happens is scooter um who actually is in this one and he looks really cool in this one uh and he looks uh yeah scooter looks uh he uh He's, uh, yeah, he, he looked really cool in both of the Garden Warfare volumes, volume two and three, uh, but he shoots a pea and it somehow gets, um, <laughs> it somehow hits the, in case all plants have been captured by zombies alarm or Nate is out of pizza. And then one of the first things Nate does is he checks his pizza storage, which is very immense. And I didn't even realize this existed, but he has a ton of pizza just hidden away. Uh, along with all of the pizza he gets in every novel. So, uh, yeah. Um, so then Zombos captures them, and then Crazy Dave has a pizza map that they follow to um, try and look for the, uh, let's see, new plants and then invasive plants. And they don't get to the invasive plants, but they do find the new plants and the new zombies. So, uh, yeah, so uh, most of the novels, them trying to find these new plants... And then at the end, they go and they liberate all of the um, plants from the uh, football stadium. And I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, so it, mo the volumes generally would end with um, the end-ish or something like that. But it actually says, jump into Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville to continue the adventure. Um, because it ends, it says... The city is a better place now that the zombie threat is completely, entirely, absolutely defeated. Mr. Stubbins, I have a new plan. And actually, how... I didn't realize this until now, but um, how Na Battle for Neighborville starts and this novel ends. This novel, uh, or Battle for Neighborville starts with, uh, in the trailer at least, it shows a newspaper that says zombies have been captured, a dome is thrown over the, um, over uh, the zombie, uh, uh, Zomboss's uh, factory and then it says um, and then another newspaper like a second later says Zomboss uh, has escaped and that's probably where and then it goes off and I'm wondering if we possibly because this this novel ends where uh, Battle for Neighborville begins so I'm wondering if Battle, we're in Battle for Neighborville ends will we will begin a new story um because uh, it, it doesn't seem like we're getting... I feel like it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a new Garden Warfare novel. Any, well, at least anytime soon. 
and it's it's sad but i feel like there's a possibility that maybe a new series will begin and um that will start sometime in battle for neighborville like we get a story beat within battle for neighborville and then it begins a new comic series so i'm really interested to see what happens volume three is definitely my favorite um volume one being my second volume uh two being um third but uh i gotta say the garden warfare novels are all really really cool and i really encourage you if you haven't checked them out to read them all these are probably the only ones you have to read in chronological order for them to make sense just because there is more of a plot uh, that goes from book to book whereas in the normal adventures you can read them in any order you want and it won't matter so uh, gotta say the Garden Warfare um, novels are really really awesome and I really encourage you to go through and read them and um, yeah so that's my review on the Garden Warfare uh, novel uh, series and on to the next segment ladies and gents so in this segment i'm going to be talking about one of the games uh new games that i've been playing that um has been really really cool and i've really enjoyed um just playing uh over this this um week and the last week as well and the the game i'm going to be talking about in this segment is called Hyperscape. Now, Hyperscape released, um, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday. And what Hyperscape is, is Hyperscape is a first-person shooter battle royale set in a urban setting. So, um, basically what you're doing is you're, um, going into, uh, houses and all sorts of stuff and, um, getting weapons and guns and ammo and um, also this thing called hacks, um, which are abilities that allow you to um, uh, make a unique type of uh, playstyle. And uh, this all takes place in the setting of um, the setting is very similar to a movie called Ready Player One. And in that movie, um, it is about like there's this virtual universe called the Oasis that you can go into. Uh, whenever you want and um, it's uh, this is the same like you are it's like how you get fame and um, it seems like the uh, the whole idea is you're trying to get famous by getting wins in this mode called crown rush and um, in in this mode basically what happens is it's about a standard battle royale with um, a zone where it just starts destroying um different areas of the map until you get until the entire map is destroyed and um once you get towards the end uh the goal is to either obtain the crown which is an item that you have to hold for 45 seconds um and you can use any weapons and abilities while you have it but you are shown on everybody's screen your character is highlighted wherever you're going and um yeah so it's either you hold the ground for 45 seconds or you eliminate every other player and um i've been really really enjoying this game 
Um, I'm not really like super invested in the lore or anything. Uh, I, I really just more like the battle royale aspect and the guns. And it's the thing about the game is it's a very fast paced game. And what I mean by that is um, you're physically moving faster than you would in like a battle royale like Fortnite. Yes, you can build and use launch pads and there's vehicles, but um, your sprint mechanic, um, you're, you go really fast with that and lots of abilities allow you to like cruise around the map way quicker than you normally could. And um, it really makes getting kills um, at least for me, and I know I've been playing with, uh, friends, and, uh, it's the same for them, like, you really have to either get your target from afar, or have to, like, track them down, because people can get away really fast with, uh, certain ability combos, allowing them to just basically disappear off of your radar, um, before you can, uh, kill them, and then when, when you do get eliminated, either you eliminate someone, or you get eliminated, um, that uh you or that person will appear as a ghost and only your team can see that um see you as a ghost and you have to go to another team's either someone uh your team's killed or that uh another team is killed you have to go there and you have to get like where they died and then you can be restored by your team and you can do this as many times as you'd like um the only thing is uh the the respawns they disappear once if it's in a zone they'll disappear once the zone closes and um if uh i i think i'm not really sure it hasn't really like gotten down to the second but it may give you some grace uh, like if it's like you're almost finished and then the zone closes you may be able to finish uh that revive but um yeah, I, I really, I really like the way that they, that revives work in that because, um, if you're really good, you're not going to have a problem when it comes to re revives. If your teammate dies and you can just kill someone and make sure it's safe and it really doesn't take long, uh, to restore someone, probably five seconds tops. Uh, but the thing is you can, especially in easy to see places, you really have to rely on your teammate to tell you and, uh, you to look around to see if there's people because, um, it, it's easy to get picked off if you're unaware of other people. Uh, but, um, as I said, it's really easy to run away. So you can, um, as long as you're not getting tracked, you can generally go back after you've been shot at. But I feel like this game, um, it's made by Ubisoft and, uh, it's got it's got a really cool feel to it the guns how um like guns and ammo work there's only one type of ammo and it's just called ammo they're like little boxes and um how guns work is there's like a set amount of guns there's probably like eight eight or nine uh different types of guns and uh probably eight or seven or eight uh abilities or hacks as they're called and um what you can do is you can't double wield anything but what you can do is you can fuse things. Now, um, what fusing is, is where you have a weapon and if you, a weapon or a hack, and if you find the same weapon or hack, either in a building or on a dead player's, uh, uh, like, uh, where they died, um, you can fuse those together to make it more powerful. And each weapon has its own, like, ability, where you fuse it, it increases. Like, there's a weapon called the Ripper, which I'm pretty sure, um, when you fuse it, it increases in mag size. There's, uh, which it's, a uh, 
AR. And then there's a weapon called the Riot One. Um, and that is uh, like a long range uh, hand cannon and that uh, fuses for damage. So the more powerful or the more times you fuse it, you can fuse it up to five and that's where it will stop um, increasing in every time um, uh, every time you uh, fuse it after you have gotten it to the max, it'll like it like if you find one, it'll be glowing gold. Um, and that means it's uh, max. Um, and I think it's a total of five times you need to fuse in order to get it to max. And that sounds like a lot, but with um, there's like probably 15 item spawns per building and it varies on the building. But um, it's really easy to get max fuse weapons. It's just more of an RNG thing. It's not like you have to really be hunting for them. But um, I mean, like, if you're pretty persistent with your loot, it's not hard to max fuse weapons. But it's definitely not easy. It's not like you're going to get a max one unless you get really lucky. Because you generally only find um, a weapon once or twice per building. So you have to go to multiple buildings. But it, it's, like, something you will casually find. But, like, once you get, like, the Riot one, I think, is really strong right now. Um, and how weapons work, I think the meta right now is... So there's a weapon called the Hexfire which is a rapid fire machine gun and it's not necessarily that this weapon is like just like super clean just getting crisp kills it's more that it is a spam weapon and the thing about this is the more you fuse it the higher magazine capacity it gets and uh the thing about this it does four damage per hit and it has 250 270 in the mag um when you get it fully fused and people will just spam these they'll run into buildings hold down the trigger and wait till you die and it's really hard to combat against these unless you're like shotgunning them and you're getting really clean hits and uh I, I I'm ashamed to say I have used it a couple times but the hex fire is really just a really toxic weapon like um if you lose to a hex fire you 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 still have a good amount of your dignity just because or like it's not like oh gosh i just got brutally murdered i'm terrible or like your skill um but if you uh but if you lose yeah if you lose but if you lose to like there there's there's the people who are good with the hex fire but with other weapons are pretty not great but and then there's the people who can are really good with the hex fire but with other weapons can excel even more and um you'll you'll know if someone's good if they're running the hex fire and have three or four kills that are generally pretty just toxic and um want to run the hex fire but if they are um if they are like at 10 kills or like even like eight or nine and they are using the hex fire you know there's there's some skill there it's not like just a mindless um machine gun spam and i'd say if uh so that the, the hex fire it's really just a super toxic weapon that will hopefully get nerfed soon but is really only a part of the meta because of the uh ttk the time to kill um that happens with that gun and it's just it's brutal because if you get cornered you're, you're gone because all 270 of those bullets are just going right into you and you just you just get destroyed and um so if you come across a hex fire they're pretty toxic and if you use one it's 
it right now it's like the, the hex fire is a weapon that everybody's using because you're getting the most amount of kills and you want to get kills because you're going to rank up in the uh battle pass and um uh it's right now if you're using it it's just like you're just another one of those people you're just um you're just uh abusing or not abusing but you're just using the uh broken gun but um if you really want to be skilled um i'll give you some recommendations for weapons because in this game the weapons like you have so you have your explosives which is you have a grenade launcher and like a like a rocket almost it's like a, a rocket launcher but not not what you think it'd be um where uh it's called the komodo and it like shoots five five i think it's magazine size when you fuse it but um it shoots projectiles that do like 26 damage um and those are like your explosives then you have um weapons like the ripper and the dragonfly which are like your um like your uh kind of snipe the dragonfly is a sniper scout and uh the ripper is an ar and if you if you really want to be like more skilled and like not toxic at the game um my recommendation is the riot one now the riot one has like uh i don't think the bullet like you can hit from insane ranges and it's a hand cannon and it um it increases in damage and um when fully fused it does 50 to the head and the thing about it's 51 i think to be exact and the thing about that is um you only have like 100 health i think i'm not exactly sure but i'm pretty sure it's only 100 so if you have a fully fused um one of these you're you're doing you're doing really good because the thing about this is you can hit some of the most insane shots and the really only thing you need to get used to is the recoil pattern um with the riot one the recoil pattern goes off to the right like to the top right hand of your screen and it, it it's a little funky but once you get it down oh my goodness it, it's my favorite weapon right now like the ripper is like just a really all-around really solid gun and um has like literally no damage fall off and just will destroy from any ranges but the riot one like i have just like if you get three if you get three shots in um even like base like you can get people so close to death it's like i think it's like probably around 26 maybe even more like uh base um damage just for hitting a body shot and it just does crazy damage and you can see some pretty insane clips where they're hit firing it or um adsing the riot one and it, it's just a really really good gun right now so if this if hyperscape sounds interesting um I recommend that um, if you if you're not because I I gotta say I the shotgun in this game is called the mammoth and um, I'm not comfortable with it at all. It's got such just a weird feel and coming from a game like um, I play Fortnite and Apex and Apex uh, Apex's uh, shotguns I don't really use a ton like I'll, I'll throw them on occasionally. But um, the thing about this shotgun is it also has a really weird recoil pattern to the point where I can never tell if I'm hitting my shots because um, it's just, I just, I need to take some time and learn how to use it because the mammoth, like people are really good with the mammoth and it's a really solid gun, but I just can't figure out how to use it. So the shotgun, like generally going into a game, a battle royale, you'd think your standard um, would be a AR shotgun. So a ripper mammoth. But um, 
there's just so much room for um, just like variety in this game where you can you can do um, any loadout um, and besides there's one weapon called the D-Tap which is a pistol that is absolutely terrible and cannot be used well in any scenario but um, like there's a lot of like people can come up with like um, all sorts of different combos uh, to work well um, like I, I was just talking to my friend and um, he said that mammoth and invis work really well because you can invis up to a person and they don't know you're there and then you can uh, just shotgun them in the head and do massive damage and um, I'm like yeah that like you can come up with all sorts of builds and no build is wrong because um, it really just depends on the type of player. Like, yeah, the D-Tap in any build is wrong, and that's like, the D-Tap Hexfire would, is probably the only wrong build because it's the Hexfire and it's toxic, and the D-Tap is terrible. <laughs> but other than that, like, there are all sorts of awesome builds and combos, and the thing that's really awesome is, um, I think the ammo in this game and the reason i say the ammo you're like what paradise what what's what's up with the ammo like it's just ammo but the thing is um i'll use fortnite as an example so um you had in fortnite and even in apex you have different types of ammo and if you're running the same um weapon uh the, the same like type of weapon that uses the same ammo um if you're running multiple of the same type, like let's say a sniper, for example, if you're running multiple snipers in Fortnite or, um, I guess in Apex as well, yeah, um, they're all, all of the guns are sharing from one loot pool of, um, ammo, which is your sniper ammo. So it's not like each sniper, let's say you have 20 shots, each sniper doesn't have 20 shots, you have 20 shots between each sniper. But the thing about, um, the thing about a uh, hyperscape is that each weapon has its own stack of ammo and since there's only one type of ammo which is just ammo it's not like oh crap i need sniper ammo no you just run into a building and find ammo crates and you'll get filled up immediately because you just slide through the ammo and it gets put in and since you can't you can't double the same gun but you can run like um riot one sniper uh, protocol and protocol is the sniper you can run two types of snipers and it, they're gonna like you can use all of your riot one ammo and still have the um full protocol ammo because um they don't drain out of the same ammo pool they um the gun gets its ammo and then it, that's just the ammo it has until you get more ammo and i think that's so good because um there's a lot of scenarios where it can be like um, in a game like fortnite where you run out of like ar ammo but you have shotgun ammo but the thing is the person's far away and um you don't need to use your shotgun ammo because they're far away but in this game it's like oh well uh, your ammo is shared across so you don't need to go searching specifically for ar ammo as long as you find a building you can go run in and grab ammo and then your ar is full and it gives it in such plentiful amounts it's really awesome like you can probably run through three or four ammo crates and they're pretty common spawns in buildings um, and you're already full on your ammo and um even when you're respawned like um in fortnite when you get rebooted you spawn with a pistol and it has i don't know maybe like 50 shots 
um, and then you have 100 building materials. But in this game, you, I think you almost spawn with it almost around full ammo. Like you, um, if you run and grab weapons, your ammo is not like like at the start of the game where you grab a gun and then it has like literally no ammo. No, you have a ton of ammo and um, it's really nice. And it makes like restoring not like, oh crap, I'm like just totally vulnerable because uh, I got restored but now I have no ammo. No, and like running out of ammo really doesn't happen. Like if you're concentrated in a battle and you're fighting, yeah, you can run out of ammo in a way I generally play it safe. Like if I see I'm getting, cause I, I really use the riot one a ton. If I see like, oh man, I'm like depleting in riot one ammo. Um, I'm, or not in riot one, but just an ammo um, on my riot one. I'm gonna go loot a building and then you can go get another vantage point on a fight after you run through a few ammo crates and then you're back in the battle. And um, you really just kinda, you gotta conserve your ammo just because, um, I don't want to get into a scenario um, where it's like, oh no, I'm running low on ammo and I should have gone on an ammo run, but I don't have any. No, if you're just being conservative and um, looking out or not, uh, you're just conserving your ammo, um, you're not going to have a bad time because you're um, constantly going to have ammo because you're just, you're watching out for that. And then the other really awesome thing, and I think I'll end on this point, at least for weapons, is that, um, with weapons, um, uh, like for weapons that would be classified as like, um, heavy weapons, like we're talking your grenade launchers, your rocket launchers. There's even one called the Skybreaker. Uh, where um, you shoot like a big blast of energy like that's all in the same ammo pool and you just have to run through an ammo crate which is so nice because in games like Fortnite or rocket or uh, rockets are pretty they're not super common it's super duper nice to not be like oh I need rockets no just run through an ammo crate and and it's a little overpowered just because you're like oh well that like the skybreaker like i was running a max skybreaker one game and it if you shoot the thing about the skybreaker is um you actually don't want to try and hit the body you want to hit near um a group of enemies or on the floor because um it's a splash damage is about 60 uh, damage and um it's reload is not bad at all so um uh like you're, if you're running low on Skybreaker, you can just run through ammo crates, and it's not like, oh, I need rockets, no, just run through ammo crates, and it's super nice for those explosive weapons, because they're getting a lot more love, because it's, um, like, uh, of course in Fortnite, like, you're, you're gonna want to take an RPG, because they're useful, but, um, it, it's more ideal in, uh, loadouts, just because, you're not you're not worrying about the ammo because every weapon shares the same type of a type of ammo it's just ammo same with snipers um and snipers generally get love and shotguns and uh ars are uh shotguns and ars always are pro all are generally in builds but the thing about um hyperscape is uh you can only carry two guns um it's uh, it's not like Fortnite or Apex is actually this way where you can only have two guns. In Fortnite, you can have like five guns. Um, uh, but in this game, you can only have two. And um, it does like kind of shrink the amount of possibilities. Like you can't run Skybreaker, a Ripper, and Mammoth. No, you can do Ripper Mammoth or Skybreaker Mammoth or Ripper Skybreaker. 
Um, but you just can't, you can't have multiple weapons. And I, I really don't think that's going to change, um, just because you would then like, you kind of have to, you can make weapons super powerful because, um, like, let's say you're running, uh, Mammoth Skybreaker, you put, or Mammoth Skybreaker Ripper or Mammoth Skybreaker Harpy, which is the SMG you, you're pushing your, uh, Skybreaker Mammothing them. And then you run in and spray them. It's like, um, I think it's to keep things uh, balanced. They're probably just going to keep it at two. And I think, I think that's a good idea to just keep it at two weapons. And um, it does limit the amount of builds, but it also makes like figuring out like builds that you like to use a lot easier. And um, you can try new builds every match because it's only two weapons and two abilities. But um, I'll end this. This is a really long segment. Uh, and it's a really fun game. I really recommend you guys check it out. But um, I, I'll end it with some builds that I have really been liking. And I'll start with the hacks since I haven't really talked about those. But um, the two hacks that I think are my favorite uh, combined. And this is more for um, if you're going after the crown. Because um, if you're going after the crown, your abilities really, really matter. Invisibility is not great because you're always going to be marked but um i'd say my favorite abilities are the ball hack and what this is is you transform into a ball and it allows you to jump way higher and um, you can get shot out of it but the thing about the ball is generally you are able to pass by fights unless the people you're passing by are really really aggressive and they'll just leave you alone because not only are you wasting ammo but you're also like kind of if you're shooting at a ball just because their bounce pattern is so high and so low, go up and down and up and down. Um, and it, it, it can just be a kind of waste of ammo. And since you can go really high, like you can escape and it's kind of a pointless use of ammo to shoot uh, the ball hack um, and uh, try and get someone out of the ball that they're in. Uh, but it's really nice if you need to go by a fight or get to zone. It's even the, another popular mobility one is the slam where you go really high up and then slam down. And the thing about that is you're like really vulnerable, um, at least when you slam because you're kind of stuck in the slam animation and then you have to run away and you can easily get picked off while you're in that slam animation. It doesn't do a ton of damage um, if like someone's in the area, or at least I don't think so. Uh, but, um, I'd say the ball hack is really great. And then, um, invulnerability. Now what this is, and, um, the first time I used it, I was like, oh, this is, this doesn't even work because, uh, people are shooting at me and it was hitting and I'm like, oh, this is supposed to make me invincible. But the thing is you can get shot at, but you are invincible while you're in this. You get probably three seconds, maybe four or five of, um, invincibility. And it's really, really amazing. Um, when you're, um, holding the crown because what everybody wants to do is shoot at you. And, um, the reason I like the ball hack is that will allow you to get away from the mob that's gen generally chasing you. And then, um, invincibility or invulnerability that allows you to, or being invulnerable, that allows you to like not get shot at. So you can get pushed and people are shooting at you behind you, but they're not doing any damage. And then you can turn a corner and go and do a ball hack and run away. So um, those are my favorite, um, especially in the crown. And it really allows you, if you're in a fight and you're like, I'm not gonna win this, 
and I, I don't want to die, um, you can just, uh, throw down and vul- uh, like, become invulnerable and just run away, and they, they may chase you, but then they chase you, just go into your ball hack, and if they're really aggressive and try and shoot you out, then by the time they shoot you out, hopefully your invulnerability, your, like, your invulnerable is already back, and then you can just, like, kind of repeat that cycle, and, uh, those are my favorite two right now, um, the other ones are the slam, there's the wall hack, which you make a big wall uh, that you can use as either like an offensive or a defensive move. Uh, you can also go invisible. You can teleport, which I found a lot more use. Like when you when you think teleport, like you go forward and it's actually, you don't go very far. But the thing about that is if you aim it up, um, you go like you shoot up into the sky. So if you're running teleport, I recommend you do that. And then healing is, I think that's the last one where you can um, heal you and your teammates and it like cr- creates a little area. Oh, and then there's the mine, which you can create a mine, which um, uh, I think it damages and like maybe disables uh, enemies, I'm not sure. And then a magnet, which uh, keeps enemies in one area. And then uh, there's like uh, a reveal where you can see where enemies are. And I think that's all of the hacks. And then, um, for weapon combos, uh, my first original, the original combo I ran was Ripper Harpy, but then I, um, I started running, I did Skybreaker Ripper, which was fun, I really enjoyed the Skybreaker, and then, um, I did, uh, the, I think the, the one I'm on right now is I run Ripper, uh, Riot 1, and the thing about that is the Ripper is just really good, it can be used, um, like, up close at hit fire, but it's probably best at mid to long range, because I don't think it has any damage fall off, I don't think any weapons do in that game, and it's really nice if you're trying to scare people off, let's say they're rushing, and you can put, uh, bullets into them, and then they will, they'll run away, because the Ripper, it, uh, releases a lot of bullets and does a lot of damage, and, um, then I like the riot one just because it, it feels really nice just uh, sniping kids from a long ways away and it really it really um, destroys people from range. So uh, those are some of the builds I've been running in Hyperscape. It's been really fun. I've gotten one win so far and I got it with a group. We played, now don't, don't judge, but we played... Um, I was over, I was sleeping over at a friend's house with another friend. We played probably 13 or 14 hours of Hyperscape. Um, we maximized hyper, the, the playtime and minimized the sleep. <laughs> and we, we finally got a win and it was really awesome. I, I was actually, I got, we, I held the crown and ended up getting the win. But, um, and of course, like, uh, my, my teammates helped as well. It was a team effort for sure and um it was it was really fun and uh definitely gotten a lot better than from the start uh but yeah i really recommend you guys go check out hyperscape it's it's a really really fun game and some some people really don't like the battle royales and if you're like uh, battle royales really aren't super cool um or i just i don't really like them then yeah i uh i would probably not play this game unless you're like a first person like you're like the call of duty and um you really like first person uh, maybe i'd recommend checking this out because this would this and probably apex legends would be a cool introduction to um, battle royales but yeah it's it's a really fun game and i've 
enjoyed it a lot and uh, I really recommend that you guys go and check it out because it's I've had a blast with it it's been it's been really fun and it's it's a really good it really bonds um it's a really good like uh game to play with the friends uh you uh bond and uh create a stronger relationship because you really have to rely on your team you can't charge into fight solo because you will get overwhelmed and there are times where you're coming out of uh the zone and there are just massive fights and if you're not playing smart and not um uh, playing with your team then you're you're going to get decimated so uh you really gotta um play as a team to be a team player in that game which is really really cool so yeah that's my segment on hyperscape this was a half an hour segment so if you don't think battle royales are cool i really do apologize probably should apologize in advance um at the beginning but uh yeah this was a really long segment but yeah i recommend you guys go check out hyperscape i've had a blast with it and um if you guys do check it out i hope you guys have a blast as well so on to the next segment All right, ladies and gents, so as you can see, if you're listening to this, uh, whenever it's released, you're probably looking at the time of the podcast and you're like, uh, is Paradise okay? He's recording an episode that is way over an hour. And yes, <laughs> I'm okay. I I don't know. I recorded an episode really, really late last night and um, I just, I was tired and I guess I just went on a tangent talking about hyperscape and then I looked and I'm like oh my goodness I just talked about half of an hour on hyperscape and it it was crazy but I hope you guys do enjoy listening to me giving game reviews and there's uh, at least I know going to be one more there may even be another I'm not exactly sure in this episode and um, I just wanted to in this segment talk a little bit it's another personal segment so probably won't be too long so you can skip ahead if you don't really care for my personal segments, but I just wanted to talk about, um, a little bit more on, uh, just like my, my faith and my Christianity and just how, uh, that's really impacted me. And, um, the, my Christianity has definitely made my life like way better. Like if you guys are ever thinking about Christianity, it's, it's not like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's something you can explain to someone in, like, a session where you talk to them, like, in one session. It is crazy, and it um, contains so much joy and happiness, and it's, it's like, it's like living, you're, what you're doing is you're living in God's storybook. He's creating a story, um, uh, or he has made a story about you, and you're living it out, and it's, it's just such a really cool experience. Uh, to be part of that, and uh, it's just really awesome, and every day I'm filled with joy thinking of the grace um, and awesomeness that Jesus uh, gave to me when he died on the cross, um, defeated sin and death once and for all, and then rose again um, three days later, and just what what a beautiful story right there, and because of that story, my story, um, or not my story, but God's story that he's created about me, has just been so much greater and so much um, uh, more filled with joy. And I, um, I as I as a young kid and um, throughout um, my years, I realized that 
I really, really struggled, uh, or I idolized video games. And you're probably like, well, Paradise, why, why do you have a podcast on video games? And, uh, like if it's your idol, you should just stop doing that. And, um, it's not, uh, I've definitely, it's not an idol anymore. Um, God is my only idol and he will only ever be my idol, but it's now it's just a fun thing. And now that I don't look to video games for happiness and I don't look to anything else, but, uh, Jesus who gives me my happiness for happiness. Um, I, it's, I don't need to, um, worry about like being, uh, like, like being constantly concerned that I'm going to idolize video games by doing this podcast because, um, I'm just, I'm doing it for you guys and I'm doing it. I like video games. They're really fun. And I'm sure you guys who listen to this podcast can definitely agree. Video games are really fun, but, um, uh, it's, they're, they're a good thing, but as long as I don't make them an ultimate thing, as long as I'm not looking to them for my happiness and I just, I keep going after God and looking to him for my happiness and obeying him and, uh, being his servant, um, then I, I don't have to worry about, being or idolizing video games because they they won't be my idol because they are nothing in comparison to God. So, uh, I, yeah, I idolized video games when I was younger and I eventually, uh, recently found out that that was true and that I really, really struggled with that. And now I am living in the grace and peace and happiness of God. And I'm not saying to you guys, if Christianity sounds interesting to you and you're like, yeah, that, that sounds cool. I'm not saying that Christianity is something where it's like just easy, an easy road. You're constantly just being blessed. And I mean, I get a gift from God every day um, whenever I wake up and I, I'm alive. And I every breath, um, as Lecrae said in one of his songs, he's a uh, Christian rapper. He said, every breath is a birthday. Um, th- these are all gifts and um it's not that God doesn't give me gifts every day, um, but it's more that like this being a Christian isn't always just constantly filled with blessings. It's not the easy route, but is it is the right route. So if you guys are struggling with anxiety, depression, um, an illness or any sort of grief, I recommend that you just try you try running to God. And one of the things I found, if you're wondering where you can start is um there uh there's a app called the bible app and i'm not sure if that's the exact phrasing of the app but um the icon is a bible and what they do is they have daily devotionals and if uh they have one for like more older people um or not older people but like um they have one for kids that you can uh put on your app and they have one for uh adults and it's it's really just like nice and um it's not like anything crazy you just um you uh read a passage uh, like a it's generally uh it's just a verse and then you um watch a video of uh someone explaining the verse and then you generally have a little reflection um and then you uh pray to God and they they have a written prayer it's not like you have to come up with something and it's a really great start if you're a kid or if you're an adult to just um or anywhere in between to just start um trying to seek God and if if that doesn't sound interesting to you and you're like I don't I don't really care for that 
that that that's okay. I'm I'm not judging you or anything. I'm just saying if um you you want to start, you feel like you're lost or in a bad place or uh, just like not in a super awesome place in your life and you're scared and you don't know who to run to because uh, it's just nothing seems to be working. I'd recommend just start doing those daily devotionals, um, and they're they're really really nice. And I I I do them, and I I love them. They're super awesome, and I really recommend that you do those. So, uh, yeah, that's my personal segment. I just wanted to. I I think I may have these in every episode. Um, just like a little bit about my faith and my Christianity. It's not going to be taking over, uh, the episode because I know some of you probably don't care for this. Uh, but uh. It, it probably will gradually, uh, but um, just for now, uh, it's just going to start uh, like this. I'm going to do a little personal segment in every episode. So, uh, yeah, and whatever happens with this podcast, it's in God's hands, and I'm not worried about it. I just uh, I want to do what would please him, and he is definitely pleased by um, having this uh, personal segment in the podcast to just show my faith to you guys as a way of expressing my faith to others and then hopefully bringing uh, you guys to see him as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, little personal segment. And on to the next segment. All right, ladies and gents. So in this segment... um. This, this may end up being a longer one as well. I'm not exactly sure because I talked forever on Hyperscape and um, I'm wondering how long I'm going to talk about this one. So, but uh, without further ado, let's get into it. So um, this game, if you're interested, this is definitely um, got a really... If you've ever played the game Contra. Now, Contra was an older game. It was where you were these, uh, like, two military guys, and you were uh, slaying out, uh, destroying aliens, and it was a 2D platformer. Uh, It was a pixel uh, game, and uh, it was, like, run and gun and then boss fights, and it was a really fun game. I played a little bit of it um, over at my friend's house. We used to play that game, uh, a few times and it it was really fun I really enjoyed it and I'm pretty sure the game I'm going to be talking about came out in 2018 but it at least um to my knowledge it like appeared in my when I logged on to Xbox it was like one of those tabs and it uh on Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate and it's called The Messenger now the plot of uh it's um I think one of the big draws to me is it's all themed around ninjas. And ninjas to me are really cool. I really like just the idea of like a stealthy fighter that um, uh, like runs around using a sword and shurikens. It's just a really cool uh, like concept. And I and it, uh, there were real ninjas, I'm pretty sure, um, back, back in the day. But um, just I feel like ninjas are really cool um, in my in my opinion, and, uh, if you think ninjas are cool, this may be a game for you, uh, but, uh, what, what the game's about, it's called The Messenger, and basically, uh, the demon army has taken over, uh, the world, and, um, 
uh, like a civilization of people have like found like a last a stronghold uh, in which they train and fight to fight against uh, the demons and uh, they're um, they're ninjas and they've been training and fighting and you're this one ninja character it doesn't have a name and I think uh, you actually you get to pick the name or something like that uh, or at least you get to pick the name for the um, for the like, you know, when you do, uh, like, in games like Ori and the Blind Forest, where you'll create a new, like, uh, playthrough, uh, you get to put the name in uh, for that, and that may be the name of your character, I'm not sure, but uh, what you're doing is, uh, it starts off, and uh, you're, uh, you have to run over to, like, a training session, and you're talking to what seems to be, like, maybe, like, a sensei or something like that, and uh, what the sensei is, like, talking to you, and he's like, yeah, the, the, he talks about this character called the, uh, spirit of the West and how the spirit of the West is supposed to deliver us, um, if we ever get in trouble from, uh, the like demon army. And then all of a sudden, like five seconds later, like your screen like flashes and then the demon army appears. And I guess, I, I think that's like something with these kind of games where like, uh, all of a sudden the background will change and then there'll be fire. There's fire everywhere. And then you run over and you see the demon King and he's like, Oh, I'm going to destroy you all. And you're like, no. And he's like, Oh, they really sent you. And you're like, yeah. And then, um, then he disappears. And, uh, then the spear of the West comes. He's like, Oh, I guess, I guess I'm a little late. And he's like, I need you to deliver this message to, um, I forget where you're actually supposed to deliver to, but you're the messenger in the scenario and you're bringing a message to probably, I don't know, another stronghold or something like that. You're bringing a message and the, throughout the entire game, you're uh, trying to bring this message to, um, to wherever the spirit of the West told you to bring the message to. And, um, as you go through, you're running through and then, um, what, uh, you run through and you like come against like, uh, your enemies and you eventually, uh, I died pretty early on, but you die. And what happens is the, everything freezes when you die. And this like little, like red one-eyed guy like pops up and he's like, Oh, hello. I am your, I am, uh, someone who's been following you around. So kind of creepy. And, um, I think, I think he'd been following you around. I, that sounds about right. And, uh, I, what I'm going to do is every time you are about to die, I am going to freeze time because he has the ability to do that, I guess, and, um, bring you back in time. You're still going to feel all of the pain you would, it, um, in that, uh, scenario, but at least you won't be dead. And then, um, whenever there's these things, I think they're called time shards, and whenever you collect these, um, I'm going to, I keep track of your debt. So, um, he, every time you die, he, um, will come back and he'll stick with you until you've collected enough, uh, time shards to satisfy his debt. And then he will disappear and the rest of the time shards you'll be able to collect on your own. But it's, it's a really, really cool game. I've been running through it and there's, tons and tons and tons of different levels um that you can play through i'm on the crypts right now and um it's 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 kind of a challenging game 
Um, how it works is you have uh, these things called checkpoints and they will you run to them and either you'll be able to go to the shop which is like looks like some kind of um, interdimensional uh, so I don't know there's this like hooded guy who like will sell you upgrades and stuff and um, it's it's a really interesting place and um, uh, what you do is you can go there but sometimes it won't let you go there and it'll just be a checkpoint and until you reach the next checkpoint you have to go all the way back to that previous checkpoint so it's really really complicated and um if like you really have to um play smart uh because oh if especially i've had times where i get really far and i'm like oh i got so far and there still wasn't a checkpoint and then i died and i'm like oh i have to go all the way back but um, it, it's a really, really cool game. I love, I love the 2D platformer, and I really, really enjoy pixel um, kind of uh, games. Like Contra is really cool. And this is like a really cool one where um, instead of guns, you have um, swords and shurikens. So it, it's a really, really fun game. And I think, as you know, I, one of the reasons I like playing games are the boss fights. If it's not a multiplayer game, it's generally because I like either the loot or the boss fights or both. And the boss fights in this are really cool. There's a lot. There, what they do is they have, they have like running, like we're escape scenarios where it's not technically a boss fight, but... Um, you're like generally running from either like maybe a monster. I know a monster's one, one's lava. You're like trying to escape a place um, or uh, it's a boss fight. And the boss fights look really cool. I've only done one and it was really easy. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to do some of these boss fights. And yeah, it's a really fun game. If you don't have Game Pass, it's only 20 bucks, And they actually they have a DLC out for it. And the DLC is free. It, there's no charge uh, for the DLC. And that's like not even with Game Pass. It's just free on its own. And yeah, so I've been, I've been really, really having the blast, uh, a blast with this game. One of, the, one of the one critiques I have on the game is that there isn't any couch co-op with this. Now, um, with Contra, you could have uh, another person play with you. And one of the things I really enjoy about video games, and you've heard me say this before, is I really enjoy playing with friends. It's a great bonding experience. Um, and uh, it's, like, really fun to play as a team. And one of the things uh, with these um, games like Cuphead and Contra... Um, and not Ori. Ori was single player, but uh, that's because it was more a narrative experience. Uh, but with this one, uh, I, I don't really see why there isn't any co-op, um, uh, like couch co-op where you can have another person. Since it's not like it's not like Ori where there's only one character. Um, it's like it's a totally random character, and there could be another ninja that's like a blue color. But um, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, just because I think it came out like two years ago, um, and I'm not sure when the DLC released, but we probably won't be getting any co-op, which kind of stinks, um, unless they update it, but, um, I, I really hope we do, uh, because I, it would be so fun to have, like, one of my friends over and just play that game, like, for hours on end and just, like, have a blast playing it together, 
because it's it's always really fun and i'm pretty sure most people who play video games agree that it's way more fun to play with people than to play by yourself and that's um some people do really enjoy a solo experience and I, i'm not against them or anything i think that's really awesome but in my opinion and i'm sure in others um video games with friends are really fun and uh are uh, you really can enjoy them when you play with friends and i think it'd be really awesome if this game uh, got a co-op side to it because like doing some of the boss fights like of course when you do a boss fight and you beat it alone it's fun but to be able to celebrate with another person for beating a really uh, hard boss or maybe a running level where you're running away from a boss or a monster I think that would be really really cool and would be an awesome addition to the game if they ever um, decide because I, I should probably check and see when they release the DLC because you can kind of tell if like a game or a game co and I probably should see if they have like a website where I could read newsletters uh, because um, sometimes you can tell with a game if it released at a certain point and then a DC DLC came out like not not far after and there's not really been anything since you can kind of tell like oh maybe this game's a little like a little bit stale or um, or not stale but like just probably isn't going to get any updates they kind of just uh, maybe it wasn't popular um, which uh, I, I think it's really fun and uh, especially for the people who played Contra I'm I'd be surprised if it wasn't like um, it probably wasn't like your Fortnite level popular but I, I'd be surprised if it didn't get some traction but uh, yeah I'll have to see and check out um, if maybe they have a DLC on the horizon or something like that but uh, yeah I haven't I haven't played the DLC there is one boss fight in the DLC I'm looking forward to um, I know the Demon King has like a, he has like a servant, uh, who has a really hard name to pronounce, um, who you actually get to have a boxing fight with in a volcano in the DLC. And it looks really awesome. I'm really excited to see, um, like to play through the DLC, uh, for, uh, and play that boss fight because like, uh, I think what they do uh what they do at least in that scenario is they kind of take it out of the they take it out of the like the pixel and it's like a legit like uh you're going against another character um like it's not just a pixel character like it's a legit drawn out character and it looks really awesome and i'm really excited to try it out and they have some really i know the boxing fight is one in the dlc another one i think in the base game you're going against like a shadow version of yourself and you go through these different trials where you have to beat the shadow version and every time you beat them like you have a they have a shadow version of the person who revives you and then your guy and every time like you'll punch a guy closer uh to like there's like a, a skull um where i'm pretty sure you will defeat them and uh it's like they, they did some really creative stuff that isn't just your standard boss fight or your standard like run from a boss kind of thing it's like a really it's a really cool um uh like concept and ideas they have thrown in there and i'm really excited to play through more of it i'm definitely still in uh like the early parts of the game but i'm really excited to play through the rest of it and another thing i think i'll end on this is one of the things i think that's super duper cool is the music now um the music is just amazing it's composed by i think the name is rainbow dragon eyes or something like that and um 
the Rainbow Dragon Eyes did a really, really great job at composing this music. It's like got this really pixel feel, um, like this pixelated, like 8-bit kind of feel to it, and it, it's just really fantastic. Uh, so bravo to Rainbow Dragon Eyes. God has given uh, Rainbow some amazing talent uh, when it comes to composing music, and it's it's super duper. It's great music. I've been listening to it a ton. So yeah, that's um, on the Messenger. You can uh, find it on Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, or it's twenty bucks in the Microsoft Store. I'm not really sure um, what it is like on. You can probably play it on PC. I'm not sure if you can do it on PS4. You may be able to, but um, the, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But I definitely recommend if you liked Contra or something like that, uh, or like. Just really any like uh, pixelated uh, 2D platformer uh, boss fight run and gun kind of game that you check this out because it's a really cool game. So uh, that's all in that segment and on to the next segment. All right, ladies and gents. So I thought to end the show, I would do some... Uh, Plants vs. Zombies content because you know this is a Plants vs. Zombies podcast and it really wouldn't be fair to uh, talk about all these other games without ending on some Plants vs. Zombies and um, what, I, what I wanted to talk about is uh, probably something in the future that uh, we're probably not going to see for a little bit just because Battle for Neighborville it's, all, it's almost a year old and um it's not it's probably still got one year maybe even two years left in its system before ea decides to move on to another game and um i wanted to talk about so this is going to be pretty far off and this is total speculation and just like a cool idea i had but what if for battle for neighborville 2 uh supposing that that okay here let me start with this so i feel like um I would be happier if maybe we didn't do another Battle for Neighborville, like a Battle for Neighborville 2, uh, a sequel to Battle for Neighborville. And you're probably like, what? But I thought you liked Battle for Neighborville. And I do really enjoy Battle for Neighborville, but I feel like um, Garden Warfare, they had Garden Warfare, and that's the base game. That was like the original console game, um, and it was just multiplayer. You had you're defending the garden, but other than that, just multiplayer. And um, then uh, in Garden Warfare 2, uh, th- they added a whole like PVE side to things in which um, you got more gameplay as the zombies and um, as the plants and you could do story missions, which is something we've never had. And then we had Battle for Neighborville, which added the most story we've ever had and um, added, and then I felt like um, with uh the multiplayer uh that it wasn't it was probably around the same amount as of multiplayer as we got um uh, in uh garden garden warfare uh one uh, garden warfare two and then we also got additional maps which i think has, uh, has only ever happened once in garden warfare two and i think may have happened a few times in garden warfare one just because it was uh, a lot of Garden Warfare 1 was multiplayer. But I feel like um, that with 
whatever game's going to be coming out next, you know. With uh, EA, you generally don't get a ton of time into games. It's not like uh, like Borderlands, where there was a lot of time between the second and the third. And Destiny is like, they don't even want to make a third. Uh, but, like, uh, with EA, they, they want to make uh, the most amount of money they can uh, when it comes to their games. And... Uh, they, they're probably going to be pushing out games every two to three years, uh, at least with Plants vs. Zombies. I think uh, Garden Warfare 2 probably had four years, I think. It was three or four, but I'm guessing they're probably not going to give it that long of a lifespan. Just because, like, I feel like uh, Battle for Neighborville was almost um, created to be a little bit shorter, like, leveling-wise. Like, there wasn't a lot of... Uh, there isn't, like... I'm, um, over halfway, I think, or about halfway to Grandmaster, like, the account level, and, um, like, leveling, you, you can get to, like, 2,000 now, but, um, it's not, like, it wasn't, like, uh, like, the, what you would call probably the, like, the max, or the, at least the last leveling stage, Grandmaster is, like, not a super hard, uh, place to achieve, um, and, like, the, the, the story modes were all easily completed, uh, within the Founders Edition, which came out last year, and, um, the multiplayer is, uh, just, uh, constantly, uh, cycling through, like, most people, I think, uh, there's, like, a lot of turf takeover, and now we have private mode, or private play, where you can, um, hang out on maps and, uh, do stuff there, but I feel like the game Battle for Neighborville itself wasn't really created to be a super, like, like, to have a super long lifespan, at least that's what it seems, like, they have the monthly prize maps, but I think that's more just keeping people coming back, um, so that, uh, they, they have time to work on whatever the next game, I'm sure they're already working on it, and, um, they're keeping people interested in the Plants vs. Zombies, um, battle for Neighborville, so that, uh, they'll want to play the next game, and I think that they really, I don't think they should make another Battle for Neighborville. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Battle for Neighborville. I, I think Battle for Neighborville is a really awesome uh, concept. But I feel like... Um, I feel like they need to make a new game. Uh, a new Plants vs. Zombies game. In which either... Um, man, because I feel like... Because um, I feel like the story... Like, the amount of PvE content there is continues to get bigger and bigger. And, uh, the PvP content slowly grows as well. But I feel like, um, this next game needs to be a really big one. One that's probably going to last a little bit longer than we've normally had. And I feel like it needs to have... I think they need to jump into the multiplayer aspect. I'm not saying, like... Because, I mean, there are really good characters and stuff, but I'm not saying it's like a sandbox, like a balancing thing. I'm more saying it's, like, it's just pretty repetitive. Like, the PvE or PvP stuff in the game is very repetitive. Like, you're constantly going through the same maps you've played over and over, doing the exact same thing. And I feel like they need to kind of, they spice, like, in um, Garden Warfare 2, they really spiced it up. Uh, where they added herbal assault, which where the plants are on the offensive instead of on the defensive, and um, they also uh, they expanded, they added more variants, and they added a leveling system, a new leveling system, and I feel like that uh, like 
um, that, that was a really good addition. Garden Warfare 2 was a really great, they added a lot of really great mechanics to the game and added PvE content. But I feel like um, in whatever game is going to be coming next, I just don't think it needs to be a Battle for Neighborville 2. I feel like yeah, Battle for Neighborville 2, or Battle for Neighborville was a great standalone game, but I feel like they need to take it further. I think um, in the next game, they need to have more narrative experience, like a, a, a more a more a story that isn't like like a like the comic books where it it's not like the story the overarching story it's just like a side story and that's what most of them are besides garden warfare the garden warfare novels which were um all a story um all three of them uh, kind of were a story uh together and um i feel like they need to have they need to dive more into the actual story of plants vs. zombies because they've uh, finally figured out that people like these free roam regions. They like going there. They like doing missions. They like the gnomes. But I feel like now what they need to do is they need to actually add story. Like legit story. Not just like um, side stories. Uh, and there can be side stories within it. But I feel like they need to have legit story in there. And then for the multiplayer community. I feel like they really need to add. Like I feel like Garden Warfare 1 was good with this. Um, they added brand new modes, uh, and, um, I feel like, uh, Battle for Neighborville has tried this, but I feel like with Battle for Neighborville, um, the thing with it is, like, uh, they have the weekly modes, but those are just kind of, um, like, tweaked, um, tweaked regular modes. Like, in Garden Warfare 1, we got the taco, Capture the Taco, which was, is actually, like, no longer a game mode, um, and we also got uh, Suburbanation and, uh, like, uh, Suburbanation. We got, uh, uh, like, Team Vanquish with the crazy orbs. Um, like, they added a lot of stuff in, uh, like, for multiplayer. And I feel like they need to do that as well um, with whatever game's going to be coming out next. Like, be adding more and more, um, like, modes for people to play and um don't just leave it to don't leave the base modes to just be played as the base modes like create new modes and i would even go as far to say feel free to take out modes like let's say um for maybe a month like they have a brand new mode and let's say they take out turf takeover so those people who have been playing turf takeover over and over they have something new to play and they can kind of take a break and it's not just turf takeover to like push people into these new modes and if they don't like them then um add the mode that they did like back into the game and then add a different one and see if they like that one like push people into these new game modes you're creating so that people can figure out new ways to play and like i am constantly stuck in the turf takeover loop like i don't play team vanquish because i feel like team vanquish right now is pretty um it's not a super fun mode uh, just because teams, I feel like they aren't balanced at all and you can be, uh, thrown. It's like in the games I played, we either get are getting dominated or we're dominating. And, um, I feel like, uh, team vanquish is not really fun to play. Um, and turf takeover, like just, it's just so repetitive. It's like, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Why do I have to play these same maps over and over again? And, um, it's not that I don't like the game. The game is super fun, but they really need to, um, like, uh, just don't just add new maps because, um, new maps, uh, are, um, 
they're fun, but, uh, I feel like, um, like we don't just need new maps we need new game modes and maybe with that game mode a new map to correspond with that game mode like i think one of the greatest um probably my my favorite um update that plants vs zombies console games have ever gotten is probably uh the zomboss down the update and uh the reason i say this is it was in the original garden warfare and we got three new maps excuse me three new maps we got cactus canyon the um the gardens and graveyards map we got jewel junction which is the uh ops and uh team uh team vanquish uh i think team vanquish map yeah team vanquish it was like like your normal your base modes and we also got um that other the golf course map uh, I forget what it's called, but it was the one where, like, you, uh, it was on a golf course. I mean, all of them were, uh, besides the Jewel Junction, uh, but there was, like, a really Western theme, and it had a really awesome, like, the trailer had really awesome music, and, um, and then we also got new characters, and I think that was probably the greatest, um, update plants vs zombies uh comps games have ever had and you're probably like well i would like to argue that sure you go ahead and argue but we got three maps and brand new characters like that that is what i would consider like a dlc uh, update for a plants vs zombies game and um i yeah i just really think um uh that like having those kind of updates like i I think it's cool if you keep doing the the prize maps are amazing and I really like that they continue to add those but I honestly I would prefer um if maybe yeah you do the prize maps but um instead of like trying to add new things every month like characters just have maybe every three months you just have a big dlc and have it all themed around one central theme and then like to get people excited for and i think that would be really cool if they added that into the game and then i know i kind of started off talking about what what should what should happen for the next games and i think yes they shouldn't do another battle for neighborville I'm not saying there shouldn't be a... I'm actually... I changed my mind. I don't think that there shouldn't be a battle for Neighborville 2. And I've already talked... I've talked about this in one of my uh, other episodes. But I think we should go back to Garden Warfare. And you're like, Paradise? Why a Garden Warfare? Like, you usually want something new. But um, I, I, I thought about it. And I feel like we should... Um, uh, with the next game... It should be going back and giving more love to the multiplayer community. Like, we got Battle for Neighborville was a awesome PvE-centered, um, uh, like, a game. And it, it was really, the, I feel like the whole, like, we got new characters, but the whole game was kind of centered around the PvE aspect, and PvP was thrown in there. And I feel like, um, what would really, uh, be awesome is if we went back to Garden Warfare... I, 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 I want the variants back. Go back. Let's say Garden Warfare is variants and Battle for Na Neighborville is not variants. And uh, the next Garden Warfare, we just get tons and tons of maps and we get monthly updates with new maps and modes and stuff like that. And there's just not PVE in there. Maybe you have like a ba uh, backyard like you did in Garden Warfare 2. Uh, 
but like add a new setting, a new scenario, a new overarching theme, like maybe the zombies have uh, attacked another place, like uh, maybe have it like the zombies have taken over the Wild West and uh, like you're the setting your backyards in the wild west and there's the base game launches with some wild west maps uh, some other maps and then maybe another one the zombies have taken over the high seas for the garden warfare and then um like you're lots of like uh bays and shores and um like even boats like that's where the maps are and like maybe you have your backyard is like two boats where you can like cannonball over uh to uh zombie like in pirate seas in the second plants versus zombies like being able to cannonball back and forth between those two i think that would be really cool like just to have like a, a set like kind of a story theme at the beginning but basically be uh focused on multiplayer and then um garden warfare like uh the people they can stick around they can play that game they can get to max level and um while uh the battle for neighborville comes out and that's really focused on the story and stuff like that and i think probably one of the biggest worries uh that ea and popcap would have is how many people would actually go for the story mode and i think they kind of tested that out in battle for neighborville um and in a way where like battle for neighborville wasn't really it didn't have a ton of multiplayer but um it had uh oh it had a lot of PvE, and I think people really enjoyed the PvE stuff. But I think um, they should... There there needs to be kind of like a line drawn, because I don't think... Unless they made big games, and I think that um, with uh, Plants vs. Zombies console games, I, I think the best way that they should be made is that they shouldn't be big games. Like, they should be small, like, not huge games. And I think... Um, they shouldn't try and balance multiplayer and pve in one game and they should just go like like almost like how call of duty does it and i know they they balance the two but like they have a game like every year and um i know that's a stretch maybe like two or three years but have like um you gave your multiplayer people uh two years of a game and then you release a new uh game for your story people and then they have an additional two years to uh like max out their characters and they they keep getting small updates but like the the like the the time where you would be playing like where it's at its uh peak at its prime is when the two years that um it's out before the battle for neighborville and the battle for neighborville then you get two years of story content and dlcs and then maybe um when the next garden warfare gets released then uh the battle for neighborville is getting like story like maybe uh every other week story missions or something like that where they can still play or they can go back and do the um rest of the story from before but i really think that they should just they should give the multiplayer community a game um give them some time to play through it and then give the uh <clears throat> then give the the story people a game and just kind of go back and forth and i think that whatever this next game should be it should be a garden warfare and it should be multiplayer based because i feel like um uh the multiplayer community we got new maps but it hasn't really been getting the love uh that it did in the original garden warfare and i feel like it would be good to um go back into a garden warfare and have that be a multiplayer game and you can throw a little bit of like a little bit of pv stuff in case like maybe people don't want to go pay uh or 
people want to get the Garden Warfare, but they're, they don't want to play, like, all multiplayer, like, maybe have ops, or, like, endless ops, that was, like, honestly, one of my favorite modes back in the day, but have something, uh, in, uh, there for them as well, so, uh, yeah, that's my super, that was a crazy, uh, almost 20 minute tangent, but, um, yeah, I feel like, uh, this, um, they, they should really, with the games going forward, don't just, just focus on one game, or don't focus, uh, like, try and balance the two, just go back and forth between Garden Warfare and Battle for Neighborville, and, um, I think that would probably, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't create video games, that's just my opinion, and I think that, that, that's my idea, I think that would be really cool for the game, and, uh, be a way that they could give both communities, um, love, and, um, also just, uh, honestly, EA is going to make way more money, because, uh, for those people like me who are pretty, uh, they, they really enjoy the, the Plants vs. Zombies games, they're going to be paying for both of them, even if maybe they don't play through everything, and it's, they're, they're still getting their money's worth, because they're really releasing games even more, um, and it's just, maybe don't, don't, like, do, like, do a $20 game instead, like, because I know Garden Warfare 2 is $60, and I think that's a little crazy, um, I don't think it should be 60, like, $20 games, I think that's, like, that's, like, I think probably the best price, um, and then, even if they wanted to do, like, their DLCs are, like, five bucks, uh, for, uh, the Garden Warfare, and, um, the battle for neighborville there there they could be making some more money too so yeah that's that's my tangent guys guys i hope you enjoyed the episode today was a really great episode and uh i really enjoyed making it for you guys remember to get educated on black lives matter uh it's uh just uh i always put that link in the show notes and you can always go there and get educated uh and yeah it's it's a great uh way to get educated on black lives matter and fight against racism in our um in our country so uh i hope you guys and really everywhere to fight against racism everywhere and um yeah so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and uh i will catch you all in giddy park peace